Welcome to the Our Ability Podcast. In 2024, we are talking about disability employment, entrepreneurship, and accessibility. And we're proud to interview captains of industry, corporate representatives, and friends of ours on our podcast series. Today, we have a special guest. Carolyn Casey, founder of The Valuable 500, is quite frankly, one of my favorite people in the disability space around the world. Caroline and I have got to know each other very well over the years, and last year had the chance to, recently we had the opportunity to interview Caroline for a series on entrepreneurship for Syracuse University, and wanted to share that with our podcast audience. Carolyn, Casey, can you share with us your journey and experience in founding The Valuable 500, and specifically, what inspired you to to do this? Well, Firstly, thanks a million for having me. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to say the easy answers, um, but then I'm an entrepreneur, which means I'm a troublemaker by nature. I think the real reason the Valuable 500 had to happen was just sheer frustration. I mean, the frustration of what I thought was a very slow rate of change around disability business inclusion. You know, I just, I just couldn't stand by and watch another year go, another campaign happen that didn't have disability. And then very personally, which I think is something around entrepreneurship we can never underestimate. You know, most of us as entrepreneurs have really important backstories, which fuel our fire, what we do. And it was the very sudden death of my father. And I think that grief met frustration <laughs> where it came from. And I mean, that's the story of it. But the principle of the valuable 500 was, I believe, powerfully that we cannot make the change that we need alone. We need multiples of, right? So the multiplier effect of collective action is has always been something that I've done for the 23 years of activism. I believe that we can never make business change if we don't have the very top of the organization because the choices those leaders make, you know, that will affect the culture. It will affect where the money goes. It will affect where the attention goes. And lastly, I just, I just wasn't willing to listen anymore. So if we had this sort of the power of business in a collective form with CEOs and the and the the disability community, I mean, like enough now. I'm impatient, and so that's really where it came from. And it had never been done before. You know, it was it was new and it was improbable. Let's be honest; nobody believed it could be done. And that kind of gave that fire in the belly, belly, which reached the grief. And there you go. That's what happened. So if there, I mean, if there are personal strengths and strategies that make a good entrepreneur, where does that personal experience rank in those strategies as in your mind? I mean, I, this question is like, I love this question because I'm like, I'm just going to be 52 in two days. So just want to claim birthday. I've been, <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> I've been doing this a long time and um, our personal experience as entrepreneurs is really important. You know, your personal story is what drives you. I, I could, I, the one thing I will say to anybody is like, do your work. 
you know, I've, I do therapy. I do personal development. It's essential because I have to know what's driving me so that I do my work as clean as I can. Mm. Um, that personal story is, it needs to be managed, you know, because I mean, I often say this quote about Rumi. It's like, it's a clever man that or woman who thinks they can change the world, but it's a wise person who changes themselves. And so when I, when we talk about entrepreneurship, you need to have, excuse me now, your shit in order. <laughs> and that's yeah. a, that journey of self-acceptance, partic- particularly as an entrepreneur with a disability, that's, a, it's a, it's a complex one, you know, and it takes, yeah. It, it takes a lot of getting to know yourself and what you're really doing and why you're doing it. So very important. It is a journey though, right? I mean, this last week I met a student that's a medical school student in the United States and she's in medical school and she's, she uses a wheelchair. And she said to me, she's very afraid of interviewing for residency programs because of being in a wheelchair. And I said to her, I said, I'm jealous because I'm 55. When I was 25, I couldn't go to medical school. I wasn't welcome. I asked. I wasn't welcome. And I said, I understand your fear and trepidation, but your personal story will make you successful in the medical industry. I I think we forget that in this journey, especially in entrepreneurs, that 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 personal experience should be our driving catalyst. Well, I think it may, I think it differentiates it, doesn't it? And there's something about our personal story. Actually, everybody's personal story. That's, that's the beauty of the, of difference in human beings. But I think you, if we leave the personal story out, I think we've lost that very, it's the kind of secret sauce. It's the magic. Yeah. Because business is done with, with it. With, between people, you know, between individuals. So story matters, you know, and I think even with the valuable 500s, when, you know, I, I used to say, well, I, I don't, I don't, it, it has to be more than me, you know, it, like I can't have the valuable 500 be just about Caroline Casey. And I've been given advice again and again and again saying for the, for, certainly for the very first few beginning catalyst years, a human with a personal story that is authentic and real is actually very important. It's really important. How you, you touched about this a little bit a minute ago. How important is your personal leadership development skills and the growth of the growth of your being to the organization in general? Like how important is that self-growth um, in, in what you do? I mean, like, do we have hours? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to show you this thing. I'm, I'm, I'm just putting up on the screen um, my right wrist, and on my right wrist is a word called truth, and I tattooed it there. It's my only tattoo, and I tattooed it there on the 28th of May of this year. To answer your question, it's yeah. everything. Personal development for me as a human being, um, for my relationship with myself, with my journey, 
you know, at the very beginning of my journey 23 years ago, I actually think I was trying to do stuff despite my disability. Do you know what I mean? I think I had this, I don't know what it was. Was I in battle with it? Was I proving it wrong? Was I trying to be superhuman? Was I trying to be liked? All the things, probably. All All the things. You know, and was I trying to be kind of visually impaired light? For those of people who don't know me, I have ocular albinism and I'm registered blind and I only have about a half foot clear vision. Um, But I, I don't look like a vision impaired person because I've spent my whole life trying not to look like that, right? So this whole personal development stuff has been... Yeah, it's really, it's deeply important. It's like knowing what you're good at, knowing what you're not good at, knowing what you're jealous about, knowing what you're, you flow in, you know, it, and that makes me, I hope, a better person to be in relationship with, whether that's a business relationship or a personal one. And I really hope it makes a better leader of me because I can manage my fault lines well, which means I, I don't take those failures so personally. Do you know what I mean? I They become abstract and they become intelligence, not like a hurt thing. How? So you talk about your personal evolution. Also, as entrepreneurs, the, the business that we envision or the nonprofit that we envision isn't necessarily what we get over time. How has that transitioned and how have you been able to pivot with that that transitioning change. I, oh my God, so true. Could, could we give the greatest advice? What we thought we wanted or we, what we, we didn't or dreamed of is kind of not what comes out. But the principles of what I believed in have never changed. Never. Like the principles, the belief, the, the, the core ingredients and the values that I have, they have never wavered in 23 years. They have never wavered. But the output of them or the, the way they were framed, or the, like, they came out. Yeah, absolutely. Did I have a clue 23 years ago? This is what I was going to do. Did I know what I wanted? Yes, but didn't know how I was going to get there. No. And I would say for me, Dancing with agility and the flexibility of it and a sense of joy and compassion to myself first more than anything. And I, and I don't say that because I think a lot of us as entrepreneurs are so hard on ourselves. We are so hard on ourselves and we nearly exploit ourselves how hard we work. Because we never feel it's enough, you know? Uh, So, no, I I think it's just a joy to be at this age now and looking back and going, oh my God, what would I have told my 20-year-old self? You know, (laughs) honey, it's okay. You know what I mean? Um, And I think what the most important thing I'd say, you're defined by nothing that you've done or failed and don't compare. Please don't compare yourself to others because it's so terrifying. <laughs> you know, we have no idea what they're going through, you know? It's true. That actually leads me to this part, which is, I think, part of the 
the 50 year old in me asking this, how important, how important is work-life balance as, as an entrepreneur? Because it is very easy to get lost into what you're doing every day, all day long. How important is work-life balance for you? Well, look, I think you and I were the same kind of vintage. So, um, don't we both know that if this question came to us in our 20s, we'd kind of roll our eyes and just go, yeah, 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 right? Like, come on. <laughs> so th this isn't about age. This is just about going through life and going through the ups and downs of moments of magic and joy and then the absolute desolation of failure, rejection of funding, people saying, I don't get you, I don't know you, and then coming out again and still being sitting here. That's just lived that's lived years on the planet. So I would say at this point in my life, it's really important because I've looked back now. I mean, I became a step granny called Cece uh, two, nearly three weeks ago. I'm like, okay, I'm not a biological mom, um, unfortunately, but I, I have this extraordinary role in my life and I want to see him. I want to be with him in my life. And more importantly, I want to be with his grandfather, who is my husband. Mm. And so now it's important that I know where I am at what stage. That being said, your 20s and 30s, you just got different energy. It's just, man, if you're going to go, you're going to go. <laughs> the only thing I'm going to say is it's just not everything, right? Okay. Because on the other side of 20s is 30s, on the other side of 30s is 40s. And like, truly believe me, it does change. It changes. So go in, go hard, but make sure you have your friends to catch you. Make sure you've got time to dance in, I don't know, like dance in the moonlight. I like to swim naked at nighttime in the Irish sea, whatever your thing is, but live your life at a pace knowing it won't, you can't sustain it because it's just not how it works. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I could honestly call out work-life balance is possible in the way that it's possible today for me, that I'm choosing to make it possible today because I've gone on the journey. You know what I mean? I, I just, I just know I wouldn't believe me at the end of my twenties. I just go, yeah, 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 whatever that 50 something year old thing. And, <laughs> and they'd be right, you know? I think having that perspective and that future perspective is really key, right? If, if, and we, cause I talk to myself, I talk to my 60 year old self, I talk to my seven year old self, but I also love talk to my, 30, oh my 30 year old that. self. And, I um, love that. I should try and talk to my six-year-old self. What would what would it be that I'd be doing? I'm way prefer the idea now of talking to my six-year-old self than my seventeen-year-old self. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so final question: Where we're going to look five years ahead? Where is the valuable five hundred and five years? And and where are you in five years? Because okay, as entrepreneurs, thank you for we separating do think about <laughs> we, we do, and as entrepreneurs, we need to separate our our entity from ourselves at times. Where where are the two of you in in five years? Okay, well, first off, thank you because you're right. We need to, we need to remind ourselves we are not the work we do. We are the humans we are, and we have a whole heap of life in us. And I think remember how we watch CEOs of big companies, like the big big companies, like the Valuable Five Hundred. When they retire, how lost a lot of them are. 
how lost a lot of athletes are. So we have to be really careful that you don't become it because you're not it. Okay, so good call. The valuable five, in five years time, we're talking about 2028. So um, I'm going to tell you the end of 2025, the 3rd of December 2025, which will be in Tokyo. And the Valuable 500 will be holding the first accountability summit in the world. Can you believe we've never had an accountability summit for any topic? But we will be having it, holding ourselves and our 500 companies together accountable for what we promised, right? So we're going to have that. And that, I think, will set the course for where we're going to be for the next few years afterwards. And I, I hope that we will have done what we set out to do and have an accountability summit every two years for about a 10-year period, right? Because everybody knows that I don't want the valuable 500 to go on ad infinitum. I want it, I want to work into uselessness, (laughs) meaning if we've done our job, we're I want to work us out of a job, if that makes sense. Yes. But I, th- so for us, the big critical point is going to be accountability on the end of 2025. Where Caroline's going to be, well, in five years' time, I'm going to be 57. Um, I am the founder now. I'm trying to move into a more, you know, elder from behind. But that's really weird because I have so much energy. I still have as much energy as I used. So more that making space for those new voices, that new lived experience that, you know, the generation alpha coming up, let alone Gen Z. I, I just want to see, I want to make space for them to, to lead. Um, so I hope that I can be a place to come to for advice for others. I will never, ever stop loving and being passionate about the sector, but I do think. There's a little bit more trouble in me. So I have a feeling that, uh, yeah, I I have a feeling there's something else coming. And I think it's something very creative, but it will always be about helping human beings tell their truth to give permission to others. It will always be about human belonging. Um, so like, yeah, let's watch this space. I don't know if anybody thinks they know, let me know because I'm not sure, <laughs> I guess. And I, I, for the first time in my life, John, I'm kind of dancing with the mystery of not knowing really, because isn't that yeah. a good thing to do? It's a very good thing. It's a very, I, th- I agree with you. It's that maybe it's our age, right? But I, I love that, that there is something out there and I, I can't wait to find out what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carolyn Casey, thank you so much. And 